everyone. Um, so welcome back to my podcast. This is officially episode number five, I think. Um, and it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, I've got my lovely friend Hannah on today. Do you want to say hey? Hello. <laughs> and introduce yourself. Where do you live? What's your age? <laughs> Job. <laughs> um, hello, I'm Hannah. I'm one of Ella's long time friends we've known each other about 10 years went to school together i'm 23 and i'm a gis consultant yeah like long walks on the beach and cocktails Geography. <laughs> um <laughs> love it but yeah no i'm really excited to bring this one back because i've wanted to do it for a while but i always struggle to get people on because everyone was a bit nervous like hannah said she was today so yeah fair <laughs> i get i still get quite nervous doing them actually because it's quite like i don't know it's just weird um mm -hmm. But yeah, I hope you love it. This one is just sort of like a bit of a random one. Um, I've also done a bit of a rebrand on the logo, um, which I'm super happy with. It's really cute, because um, my other one, the cactus, just was a bit childish for me now. Um, I'm grown, now I'm 23. <laughs> <laughs> She's a designer. <laughs> but anyway, how are you, Hannah? How have you been? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We were having a bit of a ramble before you click record and I yeah. was just talking about this digital nomad life that I seem to have now adapted post lockdown. But it's good. It's good. I like yeah. the flexibility. Um, yeah. Still working the whole time. Been working yeah. since March full time at home. Mm -hmm. And then now things have eased. I've kind of like got my support bubble and I'm moving back to my place where I was originally living at home with my dad and then up with my partner as well so it's good yeah. times. So do you know when your office is going to be reopen then? No we've been having like fortnightly catch-ups with them they've been really good they've had everyone like all 200 and so of us on the phone at once which can be a nightmare <laughs> if yeah. you're not muted we've had a few horrors um but no, they spoke about reopening in September. Um, I kind of prepared myself for that, moved everything back to my place down south. And then it's, they've got offices all over the UK and specifically one in Edinburgh. And I think things are a lot stricter in Scotland. Um, so they can't, you can't even open an office in Scotland yet until you like essentially have to, yeah. like can't work from home. So they're going to say when it's one rule for all, they'll open them all. But I can't see us being back till next year now, which is yeah. such a shame. It is a shame, but at the same time, like, I guess it's kind of nice just to mm. be able to have a bit more flexibility. Like, I know myself, I've gotten so lazy. Like, <laughs> it's almost disgusting how lazy I've got. But I quite like it because like, I could be on a call, that's like a listening call, mm. and I could be making my lunch or I could be like, do you know what I mean, doing my workout on my lunch break. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's just so much more flexible. But I don't know about you. Like, I think you are the same, but I do miss being in the office I miss being active being social like and mm -hmm. talking to people because I just get a bit sick of being stuck in the house yeah I think it's massively benefited people with families like you can mm -hmm. spend so much more time with your family and like that commute time's gone like I yeah. would spend half an hour in the morning just sat in traffic um trying to get somewhere that's realistically only 10 minutes away yeah um but yeah I think definitely for like a younger demographic you need the the, sh the social interaction and the the banter and the chatting to people and development as well when, when we're so early in our careers you kind of need to be watching and being around people I don't know how on earth you've started a new job oh, in yeah. lockdown this is like a key thing so, yeah everyone I started a new job uh, during <laughs> lockdown which and do you know what like my company made it so easy like I genuinely can't 
cannot fault them at all. Like it's been so yeah. good. But I think, I don't know. Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think because I've been onboarded online, that's all I know. Whereas mm -hmm. like, if I was like in my previous job when I was in the office, you know, I would have had to, I would have had to have been around. I think because I was so junior in my previous role as well, that like I definitely needed to learn on people. Whereas I feel like now I'm quite independent. Mm -hmm. I look after my own client and I can just, you know, figure it out. I think, I guess it's a bit easier, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's kind of like another thing. Like what's like, what's your take on like the poor graduates this year? I know. Like my mind and my heart <laughs> and broken. Oh, yeah so I'm technically still one of those poor graduates we've got I'm on like a two-year scheme um but like we've had I've nearly worked at home longer than I've worked in the office which is horrifying if you like think about it like that yeah um but you do you need you need to like see faces and interact with people and especially in the scheme that I'm on you rotate into different departments and a big part of that adjustment is physically moving your stuff off one desk and moving yourself to a different desk in a different department whereas now I kind of roll out of bed and I'm in a whole new role and you've just got to kind of mentally adjust to that which is difficult but I can't even imagine the first year graduates that are starting in a few weeks that are just getting laptops delivered to them like I don't know how I think what one of the biggest the hardest things for me when starting a job was just going from being a student to starting a nine to five like it's difficult it's tiring and um I don't know like if I'm being totally honest if I was onboarding virtually for my first ever job I'd just be like going through ASOS or checking out what's going on on the news I wouldn't be 100% committed and you'll kill yourself if you do I don't think it's sustainable to think that you're going to immediately start work on your own in your back bedroom of your mum and dad's house and you're going to yeah. hit the ground running and it's going to be difficult it's going to be so hard and like god yeah I can't even like I can't even imagine like being that person and also the fact that like the graduate job market in general you know like I've spoke about sort of grad jobs and stuff with um, Millie in the first podcast that I did because it's still like quite mm -hmm. a hot topic like we're still at that fresh sort of graduate age but I remember when you know we were applying for jobs and like it's just so mad competitive but now it's like yeah. 10 times worse and like 100 times worse it's so bad like there's just yeah. so many more people going for one job mm. and I always used to find as well like and oh, this is quite a controversial <laughs> comment so sorry to everyone <laughs> that didn't do a business or marketing degree and applied for a business <laughs> or marketing job but I would find that like I would apply for loads of jobs that are based around like marketing, branding, like mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff that I was doing or did my degree in. But then there'd be people from like who did like astrology or like, <laughs> you know I mean? like chemistry applying to be like a brand communication mm -hmm. system. And I'm like, oh. like that just must be ten times worse. Like I just, just added competition. I just cannot imagine. Like I can't. Mm. Um, but yeah, so have you done a rotation then since you've been in lockdown? Yeah, so I've been in three different ones um, over lockdown. Yeah. It's been difficult and it's it's getting used to the way one team works and then getting used to that kind of routine and then yeah. kind of getting sent a whole new load of calendar invites on a Friday and getting used to it on the Monday. And like I've missed meetings and things because I'm just like so in the zone with how I used my old way of working. But yeah. But they're doing really well. They're making it a lot more visual. Like you have to, you don't have to, but it's it's common to put your camera on and there's workshops going around how to present virtually, how to conduct yourself on like a virtual Teams meeting, um, just things that you need to be aware of. And they're checking in with us a lot more. I remember when 
lockdown first happened my line manager rang me every day for two weeks just to make sure I was all right I ended up being like I'm all right like leave me alone I've got stuff to do that's so nice but yeah I guess that that makes you super resilient then to be able to like have to do that three times and meet Mm. like you know three groups of different people like that's a lot Mm. But I think it helped that I was in the office beforehand and like I've been introduced to these people and these teams in person. They kind of know who I am. Um, I can't imagine like the hardest thing for me is still asking for help. I'm terrible asking for help anyway, irregardless of all of this, but asking for help like virtually when you can see someone's like little status thing. And if it says they're in a meeting or they're busy, you're like, I don't want to bombard people with these. All I've got is stupid questions. Um, So yeah, I really feel for new starters and specifically graduates who don't even know what they don't know yet do you know what I mean like it's such a I remember when I first started I was just absolutely shattered every night trying to get used to all these names and people and business terms I spent like the first few months having no idea what people meant by a high level overview I just kind of like smiled and nodded when people say all this job and you're like yeah I know I was like does that mean in detail or no detail it means it means no detail by the way it just means like only the basic topics but I had no one to tell me that and I just had to stumble over over it for ages yeah do you know what I find though I don't think you really cracked a job until mm-hmm. I would maybe say nine months to a year I think mm-hmm. that's when you've really cracked it so I remember yeah. my previous role I was there oh god how long was I there uh, about a <laughs> year and a half and I think when I got to that like nine month year point I was like right I know who I need to speak to I know my clients I know this I know yeah. that I was really confident and I think yeah, you know, me starting a new job in lockdown, almost starting again. But mm-hmm. I, like the thing is, like, because I do like quite a specialist role, I knew that what I was talking about would have been right anyway. Whereas, like, I can only imagine what that's like for a grad in a new job, not knowing what they're doing and being like, <laughs> hi. But I guess you just have to remember, don't you? Like, everyone starts somewhere. Like, it's it's funny actually. So my mom, um, she had a new starter on her team. And at first she was a bit like blase about it, like, oh, they'll be fine, they'll be fine. And then she could see me getting stressed about it because I was like, oh my God, this, oh my God, that. And now she like, she says, well, I'm, you know, chatting to new starter. I don't actually know the name. Um, She's like, yeah, just making sure they're all right. You know, she's like, it always makes me think of you and I don't want them to (laughs) out in the water. And I'm like, that's so nice that Mm. you have thought about me and you're doing that for someone else. Um, But yeah, yeah, 100%. But it brings me on to like my next question because mm-hmm. I did a poll on Instagram um, asking like, does anyone have any ideas for like what we're supposed to talk about? And I think this ties in really nice with like sort of the first part of what we want to talk about is like how, how have you stayed motivated during lockdown? Like how do you stay motivated? Because I think that that is like a very big one at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. I've got to be honest, a lot of days I'm not motivated. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But yeah. um I think you have to definitely rely on people that you work with. It goes back to reaching out and speaking to people, um, especially at the beginnings, like forcing myself into a routine when I was so like out of my routine, like making sure that I took little breaks and things and things like just chatting over the desk to people in the office, just like just random rubbish that you'd speak about. You kind of, you you can't just schedule in a meeting for that and chat to someone about that so it's just making sure that you're available and and reaching out to people um I relied on my friends at work so much and they definitely kept me on track but definitely seeing it 
not as a means to an end but like getting used to a new way of working it's really difficult I think everyone adapts to it differently but I can't say that I've learned a new language or that I've lost a stone or I've done all of these amazing things in lockdown I've started loads of stuff I've got half a scrapbook here I'm all right at yoga <laughs> but my Spanish isn't any better oh, so cute like, I can't <laughs> like you do such lovely little things by the way I'm just gonna say that's so funny right so I was trying not to laugh because, so for anyone listening, we're actually doing this on Zoom. So me and Hannah can see each other, but you guys obviously will <laughs> see us. So I was, my mum was making some noise out there. So I was like, oh my God, I've got a mute. Cause she's like, you could literally hear it. And then I was trying not to laugh because Hannah's boyfriend just walked into the room. <laughs> thought what she was doing and then like slowly backed out. A little way so backed out. That was so funny. <laughs> get out. <laughs> get out. But, but yeah, no, I think that's really cute. Um, what's his scrapbook about, or is it personal? No, 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 just like oh, travel right. photos. Travel photos. Oh. I like having a tangible thing. Yeah. When when I went um, traveling last year with my friend from uni, I kind of like took little keepsakes from each thing, whether it's like a coin here or a ticket for an event or yeah. little bits of paper that might not mean much to anyone else, but you know, they're, they're like tangible things that you can touch and like brings out a memory when you look at them my yeah. mum's always done it so I tried to do it but I'm so bad at keeping up with it like I only just finished one for Budapest and we went there in like 2016 <laughs> oh my god that is mad that's <laughs> awesome. but that's that's cute though I like that mm. that's a really nice idea I mean mm. do you know what to be fair if it makes you feel better I've not done anything I've literally not done a thing during lockdown <laughs> if anything I've got fat and I've got lazy <laughs> what is it you come out of lockdown a chunk a hunk or a drunk I'm definitely chunk. I'm chunk. Yeah, I'm chunk. I'm a bit drunk. Yeah, I mean, do you know, I won't even say drunk because I've got this thing where I don't really like drinking unless I've got a reason to. So like if I'm out with you girls or like celebrating something, I'm like, woohoo, yeehaw, like let's get on with it. But otherwise at home, I'm just like, I, I eat my calories. Like I'd rather eat my calories. Like I'd rather have a chocolate bar than a glass of gin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I think because with me, I was so active, like I used to walk, like do like at least 16,000 steps a day. I'd go to the gym five times a week. Mm. And I, like I wouldn't eat amazing, like I wasn't like, on top of my diet, but I was doing that. So it was like still sort of counteracting it. Whereas now I eat the same as I did before, but I don't, <laughs> so I don't it's sort of just catching up on me a bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think that's a really, a really nice thing. Um, but I think you're quite resilient. You're quite good at like finding ways to keep yourself in a routine, get yourself out there, mm. do this, do that. Um, I've also not been paying attention to the news that much with yeah. like COVID news and things. Like I'll be informed on what I need to know um, yeah. and like try and keep up to date on a high level. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but going through Twitter and just like unfollowing things or like yeah. not looking at news reports and listening to the radio every day, that really helped me kind of like tune out from it and just focus on what I had to do day to day. Yeah. Do you know what? I think it was actually you that said that last time I saw you about like not, you know, like not following the news and stuff like that. Because I found out it was like literally making me so depressed being like everyone yeah, and anxious. going out. Mm-hmm. And like, especially all the stuff with like BLM and, you know, all that kind of stuff going on. It was like too much. Like, so, mm-hmm. I feel like social media is such a volatile place and like the news. Mm-hmm. So I've like tried to steer clear of it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I know. To be honest, this is like on the lockdown thing. And I know this is something that you are quite passionate about, which is the environment. Obviously, <laughs> young girl. Um, yeah. But yeah, basically, like, 
talk about lockdown, I was reading this thing actually the other day about the environmental benefits of mm-hmm. kind of lockdown. Obviously, people weren't flying, people weren't driving anywhere because they were going to work. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah. I'll kind of hand over to you because I feel like this is your ting. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone saw it, didn't they? When yeah. the, you saw the clips on Facebook when like animals were coming back out into the streets and like Venice's waters were getting clearer. But but really important things like air quality and that cleared up. And especially what, what I do at my job, we work with spatial data and remote sensing data. And we all saw it immediately. We Like we had that data at our fingertips and we could compare like almost like a swipe map of before and after different emissions from big cities and things and and I think it's it's gone all the way through like I saw a figure or something like 6,000 children have not been diagnosed with asthma as opposed to like would have been at this time last year yeah so like real effects things like that um that is insane mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is that based on air quality alone yeah yeah so like lack of emissions and things like places like china and and santiago and chile you can't even see because like the the air is just so thick do you know what i mean it's so dense and yeah. so low so but obviously it's going to all get counteracted as as we come out of lockdown and people kind of go the opposite way and try to make up yeah. for everything that they haven't been able to do yeah but long-haul travel is I think apart from the best things you can do to help the environment are to stop eating red meat and to stop going on international flights. So yeah, obviously the red meat one we haven't been doing, we've all been eating very well <laughs> during lockdown. Um, but like long haul flights massively, they've just been cut in half, haven't they? Heathrow yeah. expansion has just stalled. Um, but it's all good things for the environment, especially yeah. people cooking more and making things from scratch from home. Mm. Um, very true. It's really good to see. Do you know, I actually, another thing that I read, uh, poisoning mm-hmm. myself with the news, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was something about, and this was like, sort of midway through lockdown, so it's around April time, and I'm sure it was to do with British Airways, mm. they were still flying to Japan from the UK like so many times a day because they yeah. didn't want to lose their spot or their spots, I don't really know how it works, in the airports they were still doing these yeah. long haul flights with nobody on them mm. like that is beyond mm. i think of all the fuel like they were actually losing money like they may as well have just gone all right japan give our slots to someone else because no one else is flying oi japan yeah yeah we have like these um like really high res imagery data things at work and you can see all of the airports like parked up yeah um all of the sorry airplanes parked in the airports and it's just mad to see like the difference before and after like them all just like in neat little rows ready to go but nowhere to go um it's kind of mad but yeah it's been good for the environment but it needs to happen this needs to happen like tenfold yeah i mean this needs to be the norm for emissions to stop yeah i agree and like what's your stance on the masks because i've seen like obviously loads of like I don't want to call it propaganda, but do you know what I mean? Like that, mm. it's, it's not mean, but like stuff on Facebook being like, you know, about birds getting caught in the in the elastic bits of masks and stuff yeah. like that. You know, like now it's like the sort of pollution and waste from masks that these these disposable masks that clearly don't mm. decompose. Yeah, it, you see it walking down the street, don't you? If you go, literally, I went walked down the street in edinburgh the other week and i think i counted like eight masks disposable masks on the floor 
on one road and it's horrendous it just shows like we've not learned anything with such but this is a type of thing that i understand the health implications of it that if we need to be yeah um using disposable masks then we need to be using them but obviously people know how to use a bin <laughs> yeah that's just down to like common. and use reusable ones where you can obviously yeah. wash them at a high temperature but <laughs> and wash them yeah because you know there's that whole sorry i love you go you know there's the whole reduce reuse recycle thing we put uh-huh. so much emphasis on reuse and recycle but reducing is like the major part of cutting down waste like this do you know what I mean instead of buying you know like metal straws or cute little tote bags to go shopping in we just need to stop buying things like that yeah. um yeah. just like stop like being such a consumer society but that's just something yeah. that needs to be implemented over a really long period of time yeah yeah I totally agree like you've hit the nail on the head with the mask thing what I was going to say before is I saw this thing on Instagram the other day that was saying if you you should cut the straps of the masks yeah and I've started doing that now like with my oh good I'm so good with it like you know like carrier <laughs> bags or like what your bread comes in like the bread bags I always tie mm. them in a knot so the animals don't get stuck in them oh. my taught me that he was like always tie everything that animals can get stuck in landfill in a knot so they can't get mm-hmm. in it and I was like oh it's so cute so my yeah. mom does that and I always have a go at her because the rustling really annoys me <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I should start doing it <laughs> things well, like your corona packs it. your beer yeah. packs cut them yeah literally yeah it's mad i mean to be honest like when i think about it all like i think i don't think any actually that statement i'm going to retract i don't think most countries have handled this right um because i just think you know you think about it like in the uk like the, the information so conflicting mm-hmm. and like again i think the whole the way that they reopened the country was very masculine men male focused you know mm-hmm. oh let's open the pubs let's do sports like <laughs> Boris Horn I need my hair doing I need my lashes doing as well <laughs> then no boys will like me um <laughs> oh my god I do not too. condone what Ella just said <laughs> yeah, but I mean, not that my my dating life has been right for the past however long <laughs> They're like, oh my god, she's got a root stone. Look at her now. Oh my god. I know I didn't leave the house for weeks because I had really bad roots. I remember there was so me on Instagram, so I was like, this is offensive. <laughs> um but yeah, I know we was chatting earlier about mm-hmm. our Jacinda, mm-hmm. New Zealand Queen. Um Bay. yeah, like I think she is probably the only one that's nailed it. Yeah, and if you if you like go out and search for these like reports and things about female leaders and mm. especially in Scandinavia they've got like a much higher percentage of women in in leadership um they're doing all the right things and they're not maybe not doing all the right things but they're definitely yeah. going in the right direction agreed New Zealand didn't have as many cases as the rest of us to start with but it just shows you kind of like what an effective and empathetic leader can achieve in a crisis like this we all have different problems with the UK's government, but just the way it's been communicated with us, as you said, from a very male, I don't know, domineering tone and like yeah. the way Boris just like pounds his fist in, in little updates and stuff. It's just like, that's not, that's not what we need. Just clear, concise communication. Nicola Sturgeon's been on her podium, giving the updates for Scotland every single time. It's, it's always been her. Do you know what I mean? She doesn't yeah. leave it to other people. Yeah. Um, so yeah 
power to the women they're doing ace power to the women yeah i mean i agree like i think with with female leadership there is that element of empathy and emotion that Mm -hmm. men typically would sort of criticize a woman for but it actually Mm -hmm. you know reaps the benefits in decision making um Mm -hmm. and i think another thing it's funny you say that actually you mentioned nicola sturgeon and i think she's a really she's like a marmite gal isn't she like you either love Mm -hmm. her or you hate her and something that i was reading the other day um about the correlation between success and likability for men and women. Like, I think she is a really good example, Nicola Sturgeon, that I don't think many people like her. They find her quite bullish. Yeah. They find her quite, do you know what I mean? They just don't really like her that much. And there's, there's some things that she does and I think, oh my God, like that's, that's you just trying to be awkward. Yeah. But, like you've got to think, she's like really successful. Like she's still in office. She is like really strong leader. She's got great opinions. You know, mm-hmm. she knows what she wants, but her likability is like at the bottom. Whereas yeah. like if you look at someone like, Boris, mm. you know, people love fool. <laughs> but if you put Nicola Sturgeon's like personality traits and the way she governs and her leadership into a male figure, that bullishness turns into, you know, like it's strength. Yeah. And her bossiness is direct and firm. And it's just yeah. the the way the language surrounds women in power, women in leadership, it's it's so different. And if you like drill down into it, it's horrendous. Yeah. And we think it as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, when the first thing I notice about Jacinda is, oh, she's got a young baby. But I'm like, how many other men in power have like young children? But that's not their responsibility. It's their wives or their nana's res- nanny's responsibility. Whereas Jacinda's like very publicly just had a baby and her husband's doing a lot of the, the care for him. Literally. Like, yeah. As, and when I think about that, do you remember Boris? He had his baby when he'd come out of hospital he went back to work like straight away like imagine if that was yeah. a woman they'd be like oh, she just how dare you there. leave your baby yeah you leave yeah. your child and do your job mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it is crazy um but yeah also the book that you said you was reading that was that you liked women belong mm-hmm. in all places where decisions are being made out of 10 how much would you recommend so it wasn't a book in the end oh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no I was saying I I read it I thought it was a book I'm reading loads of like feminist literature at the minute but no it wasn't so that is a quote um a really good quote by oh what's her name the judge I've got it up here Justice Ginsburg yeah Ruth Ginsburg Ginsburg um from like American Supreme Court of Justice and she said women belong in all places where decisions are being made and like if you just let it sit and think about it it's so right. Do you know what I mean? Women belong yeah. in all places where decisions are being made and things that are going to affect women should be made by women. Yeah. I'm not saying it should be 50-50, but it should definitely be maybe more like 60-40 or 60-40 in the other way. It shouldn't be yeah. such a massive surprise to have women like in her position. She's an absolute legend. I think she's 87 now. Um, yeah. One of like the first Latina women appointed to Supreme Court of Justice in America and everything she says is so controversial but she's doing such amazing things and she's quite liberalist for her age and yeah you need to what's another quote she says she's something like I'd hope that a wise woman with the richest of her experience would more often than not reach a better conclusion than a white a white male who hasn't lived that life 
um yeah and there's so many things that we've experienced that we wouldn't even think of do you know what i mean like all this stuff around wap at the minute just to bring it oh, back to like like boys finding that so offensive or just yeah, being like, vile. Oh and i'm God. like yeah like, we, like, oh, we've had to listen to yeah uh-huh. we've had to listen to all of these songs when we were like 10 or 11 you know what i mean singing the lyrics to it like yeah we've like and we're like same. so funny it is so funny because some of the <laughs> songs so like my little sister listens mm. to on tiktok whether it be mm. whap or whether it be something else i'm like oh my god like she's 11 and i'm like i don't know if she understands the lyrics mm. i know when i was 11 i did but i was just singing like <laughs> they're bitches from behind yeah in it lick my lollipop by 50 yeah. cent like no, what are we doing lollipop. and i was like actually thinking it was like a traffic light <laughs> <Naive. laughs> completely <laughs> on the wider um but yeah i completely agree with like everything you said like i did this mm. amazing webinar um last week with um i can't remember his name but it was ran by the business of fashion because we get like um we have like a business subscription through my work and it was amazing because it was basically talking about being a diversity and inclusion agent and i think not just on the level of women you know i think we've literally scratched the surface of this i i, I know yeah. it all day but he was basically saying like it's all about feeling represented like you mm. want to be somewhere where you feel like you can look at at least one person and say you know i resonate with them you know i look mm. like them i sound like them you mm. know i have similar experiences to them we come from the same place. I think that's that's like the key thing, isn't it? I think generally, yeah, just generally lack of representation in all minority groups that aren't. I've had pale discussions about it. Stale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pale male and stale. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. It's so good. It's so good. I've had like tense discussions with people at work talking about this and saying you know, we need to have like more females on the graduate scheme or we need to be hiring more women or have more women in leadership roles. Um, and they're like, we can't hire them if they're not applying. And I was like, that's so the wrong position to take. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It was really disappointing to hear that because I, exactly as you said, you're not going to apply for a job if you, well, I didn't. Do you know what I mean? I, I had two permanent job um, interviews and I went to one and there was two women in the office I was interviewed by four um, and it was a very much like testosterone filled aggressive interview do you know what I mean it was like straight away with the questions and some of the things they were asking me you just shouldn't ask like a young candidate and then the second one um, was the only place do you know I mean every internship I've applied for any job that I've worked in that that the job that I'm in now is the only place where I've been interviewed by women like in senior and technical roles so I was exactly the same. I came home to my mum and I was like, there were so many women in that building. Do you know what I mean? And diverse people. And they spoke about people that were working part-time and had children, but they were still in in senior positions. So you you definitely want to be in the the place where you feel most comfortable and you feel like you're represented. Not that there's enough Northerners down there. I mean, everyone still howls at my accent, but (laughs) we'll cross that bridge. Where are you from? Well, I'm clearly not from down south, am I? Honestly, like, anyone that's sort of like international, people don't mm. bat an eyelid, but a northerner, they're like, oh, where are you from? <laughs> You're not southern. You sound like funny a funny accent. <laughs> yes, I do. I eat more for tea. <laughs> <laughs> I drink tea all day. Yeah, I have tea, not dinner. That's another thing. Aye. <laughs> yeah. That is so funny. Um, mm. But yeah, I feel like 
some of the things we spoke about is literally just scratching the surface like oh, and again no. back to the arguments like even within this household the amount of arguments arguments <laughs> we have had and, <laughs> and like my family are like god you're so passionate about everything like it's just gonna wear you down emotionally like you can't be bothered about what's happening unless it's happening it you know within your own house and i'm like this is why the world is the way it is because you have such a small yeah. mind like you have yeah. such a small mind like you and I worry because obviously like I've got a little sister and I, like I'm not saying my family have bad opinions because they certainly don't and mm. you know there, there's a lot more that they have learned from me but like mm. I worry like you know imagine if you have got a family full of racists and sexists and you've got young mm. kids it's going to be passed on and I think yeah it's just that's oh. how it happens isn't it that's how yeah. we end up with mm. the horrors breathing <laughs> um yeah well Feminism, education all the way. Love New Zealand. Coronavirus is awful. <laughs> yeah, can we move on? Love our eyes. But yeah, well, Hannah, I've loved having you on here. And I feel like this podcast, I've, I've, wanted, I've wanted you to come on for so long. So I feel like you are so passionate about like, so much stuff and you really mm. got like holding like these really mm-hmm. intellectual conversations. <laughs> I just really like it. Um, my family would disagree thank you very much right. <laughs> I, I agree I agree with my statement <laughs> it's been great but yeah I've absolutely loved having you yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to do it as well um for having me. I feel like we've nailed this zoom thing I'm really happy mm. about it um mm. but yeah thank you everyone for listening I hope you love it I'm hopefully going to be coming back with some more um content but yeah ciao for now stay safe Hannah stay safe enjoy thank the rest you. of your time in Edinburgh Cheers, Bye. Mom. Bye.